We're in a series called Parallel Playbook, and it's talking about our core values. So a few weeks ago, you got to hear from Pastor Ralph talking about love all, and then Pastor Tanisha spoke on authenticity. Last week, Pastor Tim had a great message on disruption. And today, I get to talk about community, and community is one of those things that I love. Like Pastor Ralph said in Tabor, I've had the opportunity to be a teacher, so I work in a school, I get to coach and be around families and kids all the time. I've had the opportunity to work in the community as an auxiliary police officer and a firefighter and all sorts of different uh, community initiatives, and I love it. I love being around people. One of the things I actually, and it sounds weird to say, is I, I've never really loved is public speaking. So to get on the stage, we're actually talking about this this morning. Like, for me to be in front of a group of people, like, it's nerve-wracking for me. So, like, again, sitting in that third row and talking about, you know, the, the dreams for this, you know, book, just sitting back in the third row and saying how we can lead from those places, like, that's a good thing. But, you know, sometimes God sees something in us that we don't see in ourselves, and he's like, I'm going to draw that out of you, and you have a gift to share, so... I think that's for someone in the room today, you have a gift. Like you have a gift. There's something in you that God's placed inside of you and it, you might be wondering what it is, but I guarantee you keep following, walking with God and those gifts are going to come out and they will be used in his kingdom. All right, talking about community. We kind of have this sports theme out in the lobby, so I thought if we're gonna talk, I'm a sports guy. I love my hockey, I love football, I love golf. And so I'm going to give a little bit of a sports example here and talk about the power of teams. So let's give me a second here. Hopefully that doesn't roll off. All right. Yeah, I heard some cheers here and... You can hear them coming from all our campuses as well, yeah. So, yes, I'm an Oilers guy. They're my team. And I'm not here today to create any division. We're talking about unity and community. True story. I was standing at center ice of Rexall Place in Edmonton. It's the Oilers' old arena. In front of 15,000 people. Center ice, standing there. And the captain of my own team, the Edmonton Oilers, skated by and tripped me. And 15,000 people laughed at me. <laughs> I wasn't wearing this jersey, though. I was the guy that rolled out the carpets from the National Anthem and rolled them up after. <laughs> so that's the closest I got to playing in the NHL, was actually being on the ice for the National Anthem. But my own captain tripped me, and people laughed at me. You should say, aw. Yeah. Anyways, it was a fun experience. But teams, if... I played for the Oilers. I have a coach, I have teammates, I would have a game plan, and we'd set that in action. And what would our goal be overall? To win. Not just to win each game, but the overall goal would be to win the championship, the Stanley Cup. That's the goal. And that's only gonna happen if people understand the playbook and work together to make it happen. And when it does, and when you have the right chemistry, and when you have the right skills, and you have the right momentum, that's when championships are won. But sometimes players, like my, my dream would be to play for 
the Oilers, but it's probably never going to happen. But sometimes players get traded. Jill, I might need your help with this for a second. You want to come up? All right, so I'm going to take this jersey off. I can't believe I'm doing this, but for the sake of community and for Pastor Mike and Lloyd Minster, there you go. Okay, so if I traded jerseys, if, if I got traded to a different team, has my goal, overall goal, changed? No. My goal is still to win. My goal is still to win that championship. My goal is to align with my new team, even if I don't agree with everything that they've done in the past, but I'm going to align myself and jump and follow that playbook to make sure we have every opportunity to win. Parallel Church is an awesome church, but it's not the only awesome church out there. There's lots of great churches in this world that see the same Bible vision, God's vision for his church, which is to see people come to know him and to have a relationship with him, and to find salvation in him. And that is our goal as a church. Everything we do, every single thing we do, is to ultimately lead people to an authentic, loving relationship with God. And we're going to do everything we can to get there. And that's what this playbook is. Our core values, love all, authenticity, disruption, and community, are a playbook to help us as a church grow in community, to grow as teams no matter what campus we're in, no matter what team we're on inside of the building, to see people come to know Jesus. I was going to do this with uh, because we're doing a football theme like out in the lobbies across our campuses. I was going to put on a Minnesota Vikings jersey. I know Pastor Kelly would have loved that. Pastor Kelly is back next week, by the way. Who's excited for that? I know I am. It's going to be great to hear from him. But the rivals for the Vikings are the Green Bay Packers. And I know Pastor Kelly doesn't like him. If I would have put on a Green Bay Packers jersey on this stage, I think Pastor Kelly would have come out of sabbatical out of somewhere and tackled me Bobby Boucher, Waterboy style. That's a movie reference, Pastor Tanisha. So you, those that know, know. <laughs> All right, we should strive to live out this commandment Jesus gave us. It says in John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. It's a command that Jesus gave, not a suggestion. It's not, uh, you know, Jesus saying, you know, if you, if you feel like it, do this. No, he's saying, love one another. I command you to love one another. And so when that happens, when we have that commandment, we need to no matter where people are at, love them as they are because that's what Jesus did and that's what he calls us to do because we are in a church setting going to run into people who are coming from very messy situations and they're coming here to find hope and that hope can be found in God's word. They might not know it yet. They might, God might not matter to them at all but every single person on this planet, every single person who walks through those doors matters to God, whether God matters to them or not. 
We need to align, even if we don't agree on all things. And when we do that, we will see God's favor just be poured out in this place and across all our campuses and in his church. Ephesians 4 verse 13 says this, you are all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction, so stay together both outwardly and inwardly. So this is written by Paul to the early church, and he's saying right from the very beginning that unity was of the utmost importance to the church. He was saying that we are all called to something. And what are we called to? Unity. He goes on to say, you have one master, one faith, one baptism, and father of all, who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. He gives us something to agree on here. He gives us points of agreement. And that agreement is that we are serving one God. God is the same God from the beginning of time. He says, it says in his word that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we need to truly believe that. And even when we disagree on some things, it's not our opinions that matter most. It's the king's opinion and what his ideas are that we need to follow most, not our preferences. The greatest impact we will have as a church is when we set our preferences aside, our preferences for you know how loud the music is or how dark it is in this room or what's being preached on a Sunday. But when we put those preferences aside, we can align and we can say that, hey, the reason we're here doing what we do is to reach more people for God and let the Holy Spirit do what he does and introduce himself to individuals who are in times of crisis, who don't know Jesus. That's why we need to come together as a church and have unity is to make that happen. It goes on to say in verse seven, but that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. Out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. We aren't all the same. God has made us different. But we are called to run parallel to each other using our own gifts to further his kingdom, not just ourselves. And when we use those gifts that God has put inside of us for use in his kingdom, we will see the results because our God is a God who always shows up. He showed up to the early church in so many amazing ways. We can read about that in Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. It says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is a description of the church's early practices. And it's how many times does it speak to oneness and to togetherness? Like all the time. They, they were together often. And they enjoyed favor with all the people. 
and daily people were getting saved. We have small groups here at Parallel Church called house parties. And house parties are a place where we can just get to know each other, to build authentic relationships, and to just get to know each other better, to be there to support one another in difficult times. I want to quickly share a story of Sean and Lena. So Sean and Lena are attendees at our Tabor campus. Lena was attending well before Sean ever was. They worked together for about five years. And often, like on your seat, you'll have like a, a card. Like today, you have that house parties card. Sometimes it's an invite card to a new series. And one of our next steps is invite. And so Lena did that. She took this invite card and she went to work because she saw something in Sean that was, she made it very clear. She wasn't doing this to like ask him out on a date or anything. So if you talk to her about it, she's like, that's not what I was looking for. She saw him, you know, being angry and just like frustrated at work and she wanted to help. And she's like, hey, I know a place where he might be able to hear some, a message of hope and how to deal with some of the things you're struggling with. And it's at Parallel Church. So she gave him the invite card and to her surprise, the next Sunday, he actually showed up in church. And so they talked after, and the next Sunday he came back again, and the Sunday after that came back again, and they went out for lunch after, and they started talking about um, church and just becoming friends. And then they actually did start dating. They started a relationship. But the closer they got to each other, well, first of all, after that, after they started dating, they joined one of our house party groups. And it was in one of those house party groups just discussing life and different things that Sean realized that there were some things that he hadn't dealt with in the past, some anger issues that he just needed to work through. And so they approached us and asked us a few questions. And because we have, you know, one church in multiple locations and we have great pastors in all locations, we actually asked Pastor Ralph and Cindy to come out and meet them with us. And they did and because they um, just had so much experience you know, working with people, and they gave Sean and Lena some great advice. And it didn't take long after that, and, you know, things started to change. They put into practice what they were being taught, and change happened. Sean got baptized at our church. He proposed to Lena. They got married this past summer. They're serving together. And their whole wedding reception, they just talked about everything, just thanking God for uh, each other for their house party group and for Parallel Church. Like, it was really there where they created these authentic relationships that are really going to last a lifetime. We are also starting something this fall called Rooted. It's a discipleship program, 10-week program um, we'll be offering across campuses, and that's going to be a time where you can uh, just have a, like a daily devotion and get to just have that um, self-introspective talk and, um, I guess, intimate time with God, but then be able to share that with others. If you're not in a house party, I'm going to say it a few times today, like, you need to join one. There's so many great people here in this room. There's so many amazing people across all our campuses. Like, you need to get to know them. Like, don't leave this Sunday without meeting someone new. We need to follow that example. We need to be involved in our community because it's what Jesus did. Jesus wants us to be involved in our community. 
We have community here in the church on Sundays. And we have our community groups, our house parties. And that's one part of community. But God also calls us to go outside of these walls and to be a part, an active part in our town communities. We need to follow Jesus' example in this because he was out in his community and beyond and ventured out of the church walls all the time. Let's get to read a few examples. Jesus lived when he was a young child in a foreign country. He moved from Israel to Egypt and moved back. He has that experience. There's a story to tell with that. Jesus went to church. It was his custom to do so. We read about that often. He was called teacher, so he must have been involved with school. He hung around with friends and family all the time. How do we know this? At 12 years old, his parents leave him behind from Jerusalem after the, the Passover and don't realize until a day later that he's not with them. How could that be possible? He had community with friends and family and cousins, brothers, sisters. He must have hung around those people all the time, so much so that his parents didn't even realize he was missing. Jesus was hanging around people from a, a young age. How many of you grew up in a small town and have a trade? Jesus did that as well. He grew up in Nazareth. He was a carpenter, but he also moved out. We know that he placed his home for ministry in Capernaum. Jesus attended weddings. He did his first miracle at a wedding. All these places are places where community is built. Jesus went to funerals. Jesus wept for his friend who passed away. Jesus often went to the mountains. I know there's a lot of people here enjoy going to the mountains. One of his most famous sermons was on the mount. He traveled to different cities, Jerusalem, Jericho, the list goes on and on and on. I think Jesus also liked going to the beach. He met some of his closest friends there as they were fishing. <laughs> Jesus liked to eat. He ate with his disciples and knew people all the time. He went fishing and boating. He went to the pool at Bethesda. He did all these amazing things. And everywhere he went, he told stories. He healed people. He taught. Crowds followed Jesus wherever he went. Let's follow that example. Let's look for ways to be involved out in our community and to come alongside different people and organizations and share our stories. Because like Jesus understands, he, there's that list of the places he went and had the people he had community with goes on and on and on and on and on. And Jesus shared that story and his stories wherever he went. There's people here in this room, you might think you don't have something to offer or a story to tell or that your story won't be an influence on others. Well, in telling... You're wrong. There's other people who would benefit from hearing your story. There's people who would benefit from being a part of a, a small group where, where prayer is a big part of it. I hope it's okay if I share this story, but even this week, um, we had Tiana reach out and say that um, to our, one of our groups in Tabor, saying Zach was having surgery on his knee to take out this bone fragment, and the doctor's just confined, and it was the second time that they were going in for the surgery. And it was looking like it wasn't going to be successful. But because community has been built and they, people understand, Tiana understands that, hey, there's people who will pray. She reached out to a small group of us and said, hey, can, can you pray that the doctors would find this little bone fragment? 
And I was busy, but I stopped what I, what I did. And I responded praying. And I actually did it. I stopped and I prayed. I'm like, God, just please help the doctors find this little bone fragment and let it, the surgery be a success. And in that moment, like this peace just came over me and it's like, yeah, God's got this. Like, it's gonna happen. And I could just, I just knew there was lots of people praying, lots of people that they had built community with. And it was like a half an hour later that we heard back that they found it. The surgery's a success. The doctor was about to give up, but thought one more time, I'm gonna go in and look for this thing and found it. That's the power of prayer, but it's also the power of community, people coming together to say, hey, we need to pray for this person in this moment right now. And how does that happen? It starts with relationships first, building friendships with one another, and then in those relationships and in that community, trusting God that when we do pray, he is going to answer. In 1 Peter 4, verse 7, it says this, most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus. There's a place for everyone here at Parallel, here at the Lethbridge campus, across all our campuses, online campus. There's a place for you. You have a story to tell. You have something to offer. And when we can do that in community, God is a God of multiplication. I would have never guessed that six years ago when we started a connect group based out of Lethbridge, that we would have you know, the community, the parallel community we have in Tabor, and that over 300 people would find salvation through that. Like, it's absolutely incredible, and just the, the prayers that have been answered in our community of Tabor because of that group of people. Today's takeaway is this. Belonging is what we all want. It's what we all need. Let's build community together. Can you imagine, can you imagine what it would be like if we all had that small group, that small group of community where we could go to, to pray together when we needed something to be prayed for? Can you imagine if we all had that group to go to when we had a need and we just knew those people were going to be there for us? Can you imagine what it'd be like to just have that small group of people to celebrate life's wins with. See, we're never meant to do life alone. Like God wants us to have relationship with him and with others. And you can find both those things here at Parallel. If you're not in one of our groups, I highly recommend that you take that card on your seat and that says house parties and contact Pastor Ralph, Pastor Jeremy, at our other campuses, you can do that QR code and find one of those groups. There are some people here waiting to meet you and to share your story and to share life with you. I guarantee that you'll find what you're looking for in one of those groups. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for your amazing love for us. We just thank you that we can have a relationship with you. We thank you for the model that you gave us, and that is just to walk alongside 
every person we come into contact with and just to see them for who they are and to see them for how you created them. Help us to love others like you've loved us. Help us to find community. Help us to find that group of people that we can do life with and celebrate wins with and to just be there to support one another when times are difficult. We thank you, God, that you are good and that you are faithful, that you always have been and you always will be. And it's your name we pray, amen.